If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly show another hour of the Jesse Kelly show and look we've been having to talk all show in case you've missed it the whole show's available on iHeart Google Spotify and iTunes they just podcast the whole thing right after the show but in case you missed it we've been talking about what do we really believe do we really believe in securing the border well then that's going to take uncomfortable things do we believe in stopping crime It's going to take uncomfortable things. Do we believe in fixing these budgets, reducing spending and inflation? It's going to take uncomfortable things. Do you want this person? This is a kindergarten teacher. Do you believe this person should still be allowed to teach kindergarten in the United States of America? Yeah, you know, it's twofold. It really hits hard um, in my heart professionally and uh, personally, both Uh, professionally. It, it, truly makes me feel like um, I am not trusted as a professional. Um, I know my kindergarten standards through and through, and um, nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about um, teaching sexual orientation or sexual identity. Um, so for them to, to say that, that, that that's happening, um, it, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, we should be able to have discussions, and, and that's what we're encouraged to do in kindergarten. And then personally, I love this part, by the way. To say that that's happening is nuts. I know my standards, but hey, we talk about it all the time. Uh, Because 
um, you know, my, my kids do have questions. They want to know who the, uh, my partner is in pictures yeah. outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to that. Home life. I mean, I have a child in kindergarten right now. I know exactly that my my child has two teachers, one of which has a daughter at home um, and is single. The other is married and has four children. I, I know everything about their lives because my kid tells me. Yeah. Why do you know everything about their lives? I didn't know anything about any of my teachers' lives until we had that dime of a gym teacher start teaching gym class in high school. And we all started trying to find out if she was married because we wanted to try to date her. But it didn't work out. Then she wouldn't date any of us. But that, 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 that's, that's another story, Chris. Why do these teachers feel the need to talk to your children about their personal lives? And again, I'll take it a step further. I understand this is the kind of thing that makes people uncomfortable. I don't care. Whatever personal choices you make in your life, fine. That's your business. The health of your nation greatly depends on strong, traditional family units. I don't care. Again, individuals, do what you do. Not my business. What a nation should actually be actively pushing in school and every part of society, from Hollywood to school to everywhere else, it should be young men, Find yourself a young dime, put a ring on her finger, have a bunch of babies, and stay married. Now, I don't have to look at that from any religious point of view. Maybe you're an atheist out there right now. Say, don't push your values on me. I'm not making a religious argument at all. You realize the entire history of the world is nations realizing they need young men to marry young women and make babies? This is just something that was openly discussed for most of human history. A country itself doesn't mean that's going to be everyone's path. Maybe you're on your third divorce. Maybe you've made other personal choices. I'm not, there's no judgment here. I don't have the right to judge anybody. I'm terrible. Setting all that aside on a macro level, forget about what teachers aren't allowed to say. Why aren't teachers told to encourage young men? Find a young dime, put a ring on her finger, and make babies with her, and stay married. That's what makes for a strong country. Strong family units make for strong countries. And without strong family units, there is no such thing as a strong country. I mean, we talk about all these other things. We've even brought it up tonight. We've Everything from AOC to, to the budget to everything else. We bring up all these other things. The border, we talked about all of it tonight. We bring up these things time and time and time again, and we act as if those are the only things that matter when the truth is without strong family units, none of those things matter at all. None of them will matter at all. The family unit is the building block of a nation. That is a fact. So why aren't we pushing that? Are you comfortable pushing that? Or did that go too far for you? And look, you don't have to, again, you don't have to answer me. I'm not your pastor, not your dad. If that went too far for you, if that makes you uncomfortable, then are you actually serious about taking back the country from the communists? Because I promise you this, you cannot live and let live your way out of communism. You cannot. You must get aggressive with these people. All right, let's get to some emails. I feel behind here. Jesse, did you know that Highway to Hell, he's talking about the song, is actually a road in Australia. I did not know that. Apparently, it leads to a bar that ACDC like to frequent. It's like Mosquito Lake in California. There are reasons sometimes for names. We set up 
at Mosquito Lake to camp before dusk, and at dusk, I could not get our crap in the car fast enough to get out of there. Beautiful place, but the mosquitoes were unreal. Chris, did you know that about the highway to hell thing? I can't believe you were honest about that. Normally, you just lie, because you're a liar, Chris, but I did not know that. Chris, did you see there's a new Top Gun movie coming out? All right, a couple things about this. I'm sure I won't be able to go see it. I'm sure if I look into it at all, it's going to be a bunch of communist crap and it's going to make it so I'm not going to want to spend my money on it. So that's going to be disappointing because everyone remembers Top Gun. But two, I wanted to be a fighter pilot after I saw Top Gun. What, Chris? When I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And then my dad told me I was going to be too tall. (laughs) There was none of that. You can be anything you want to be in our house. Let's get to some emails. Jesse. Perhaps Joe's comment about Putin remaining in power was misinterpreted through his earpiece. Maybe it was a handler that mistakenly spoke into his ear. My God, this man cannot remain in power. And his true thoughts about Joe. Thanks. And she says, I can use her name. Her name is Heather. Look, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that's truly it. Because we can't have a president that can't speak. They can't speak coherently. We can't have a president who can't keep state secrets to himself. We just cannot. It doesn't work that way. The same way you can't have a quarterback who can't throw. That doesn't work. It's it's a base qualification for the job. Uh, My job. I know you enjoy the show. You got options. You could be listening to anything. You enjoy the show. If I were to uh, lose my voice tomorrow permanently, they got to cut out my voice box. I can't do the show anymore. Premier's going to have to fire me. As wonderful as they are, let me say whatever I want, do whatever I want, have on whoever I want, don't have on whoever. They let me not take phone calls. Like, they never give me any, any pushback at all. If I wake up tomorrow morning and I can't talk, I'm going to have to find someone else to sit in this chair. It's a base qualification for the job. Joe Biden does not fit the bare minimum for base qualifications for the job. So he's got to go. Hey, Jesse. Just had the fam, he said, adult daughter and his son and wife over for Jesse Kelly burgers and mac and cheese. Everyone loved them, but I did not give you credit. I took it all. I did tell them to listen to to your show so they will know the truth soon. I love the show so much. Fun, serious, mad, history, food, good energy for my mind. I wanted to share my family, friends, food, fun, gold, guts, and guns with you. (laughs) Listen, as I've often said, there's no limit to what you can accomplish in this life once you're willing to take credit for other people's work and pass it off as your own. We make a living doing that around here on the Jesse Kelly Show. So if you like the Jesse Kelly, the world-famous Jesse Kelly burger recipe, and you want to steal it, and you want to use it for your own purposes and tell people it's your burger recipe, I salute you for it. I salute you for it. Look, I don't know what I'm stressed about. I don't know what we're we're worried about America at all about. You know why? You know what Joe Biden did today? Today, Joe Biden signed the anti-lynching law. That means, get this, on my life, we can't lynch people anymore in this country. It is now a federal offense. And as everyone knows, lynching has been a huge, huge problem in this country. You think people are worried about budgets? 
or, or inflation or gas prices, pfft, those are side issues. We have got to tackle the American problem of lynching. And as of now, it's a crime. Like yesterday, it was totally legal to go lynching anyone you wanted. I've got a rope in the car right now. But I, they, they passed this law, and I guess now we'll have to make other plans. Gosh, we are, we are not a serious country. I mean, I have these moments. Don't you have these moments where you're serious, but you look at our leadership and you say, how do we get, how do we get taken over by such a bunch of clowns? How did these losers take the reins in this place? You know what? You know what? We're going to talk about that again in a second. Let's, let's talk about the bread and circuses that go on in this country. And remember, we have Boris Rifkin with his continuing history for communism coming up about 15 minutes from now on the Jesse Kelly show. And I'll probably end up taking some calls, but not yet. Now, I, I, I already brought up crime earlier in the show. Let me bring this up to you. How comfortable are you? If you encounter a violent criminal now, tonight, tomorrow, whatever, if you encounter a violent criminal, how comfortable are you you'll be able to get away, stop the threat, get a hero gun, whether you're a gun guy like I am, maybe you're not a gun guy, maybe you're not a gun gal, maybe you hate guns, whatever you are, get a hero gun as part of your repertoire. It is a non-lethal gun, shoots these pepper balls, shoots them fast, and they hurt And that's the best part of it, because once they blow up on them, it is just debilitating. Only takes a couple minutes to learn how to use it. It's got a laser sight you're not going to miss. You don't have to have any experience with firearms. You don't have to have a concealed carry permit. All you have to have is a willingness to protect yourself against bad people. If that's what you have, go to Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE, and that gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday. Don't forget we got Boris Rifkin coming up 10 minutes from now. In case you don't know who Boris Rifkin is, maybe maybe you're a new listener. And I guess we should probably pay more attention to the numbers, which indicate there are quite a few of you. The last several Tuesdays, I don't know, I haven't done any research. The last several Tuesdays at this exact time in the show, well, 10 minutes from now, we have a guy named Boris Rifkin on the show. He's a friend of mine. He is a communism expert, a history of the Soviet Union expert. He's he Stalin had relatives of his murdered. So, and I mean expert on all this stuff. And he's been doing a chronological walkthrough of the communist takeover of the Soviet Union and and Lenin and Stalin and all these other things. It's been fascinating. He's going to come on again tonight. Then I think he's going to take about a month off. Who knows what he's doing? Then he's going to come back and continue. So tonight will be our last night of Boris here for a month or so, I guess. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, I debated moving on from this lynching thing and talking about something gross. And here was my internal debate. Look, as you know, I don't have a show sheet. If you're doing radio shows, you're supposed to have a show sheet that lays out the show. Well, we're going to talk about this in the first segment. And then and, and the hour two, fourth segment, we're going to talk about that. That's what people have. I don't do any of that. Let's talk about whatever. Sometimes 
Me and the fellas will just be gabbing about something in the commercial break and we'll think, oh, that gives me an idea. Print something. The whole thing is done on the fly. And as you heard last segment, I wanted to continue talking about the lynching thing, the anti-lynching bill, and I actually think I am. But there's something that just kind of broke, and I'm going to have to address it. It's from Disney, and my buddy Christopher Rufo, he has been out there campaigning hard against CRT in schools, critical race theory. He's been getting state legislatures to pass great bills, giving parents choices. And he's been all over the filth of the corporate world. I'm not going to play this all for you now, but I have a couple different clips. One from one of their producers. I have another clip that I got that I'll be playing for you guys. But this is just a little taste of what I'm going to play for you when we're done with Boris Rifkin. This is Disney's executive producer. Her name is Latoya Ravenow. And this is going to be a little bit hard to hear. It's a little bit long. But I want you to listen to this. And I want you to listen to every word and listen closely. And I want you to think about this when you buy those tickets to Disney World this summer. I want you to think long and hard about this when you pay your Disney Plus subscription every month so Aiden, Jaden, and Braden can consume Disney stuff. Are you ready? Listen very closely. I worked at small studios most of my career, and I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. But then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard. The showrunners were super welcoming. Meredith Roberts and, like, the, the our leadership over there has been so welcoming to, like, my, like, not-at-all-secret gay agenda. And so, like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like, maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess, like, something must have happened in the last, like, like they are turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that, like, momentum that I felt, like, that sense of I don't have to be afraid let's have these two characters kiss let's in the background like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like if you see anything queer in the show I'm proud of them but like I, I just was like no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me what have I been telling you for how long it's a religion And what have I been telling you specifically about children's programming for the longest time as you and me, as we rage about Disney, as we rage about Nickelodeon Jr., you and I, we have to make the adjustment and understand these people do not think how we think. You, it would never occur to you to look across the room at a parent and you would see a child with that parent and you would say, man... I need to get that kid away from that parent so I can make sure they learn my values. It would never occur to you to think that way. It would never occur to me. That's the only way they think. When they sit down to write that newest Disney movie, they're not thinking, how can I entertain? What can I do this way? You just heard it. Listen to it all again. Every word. Wherever I can get that queerness in there. It's going in there. I worked at small studios most of my career, and I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. But then 
my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard. The showrunners were super welcoming. Meredith Roberts and like the, the our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like I I feel like I felt like it was I mean like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must have happened in the last like like they are turning it around. They're going hard, and then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of I don't have to be afraid. Let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background. This like I was just wherever I could, just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like I, I just was like no one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. That's not me. Credit to my friend again, Christopher Christopher Rufo, who's been all over this. He uncovered this. These were secret videos. You think that one's bad? Wait till I play you the other one I have. And again, it's not mine. It's Christopher Rufo's. You're going to have to wait on that. We're up against the clock. I have Boris Rifkin coming up next to talk about communism. And we need to talk about the history of communism with him. And then as soon as we're done with Boris Rifkin, I'm going to play you this other video. And let me tell you something right now. It is time for us to get more aggressive like we've been talking about all night long. It is not enough to simply hear this stuff and think, oh, that's not good. We don't need to do that. We must get as aggressive with them as they are getting with our children. I promise you, they are not passive about what they believe. They are not passive about their level of destruction they're going for. We have to be strong. Boris Rifkin next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and joining me now, I know everyone's been looking forward to this for a week, is my friend Boris Rifkin, Montefly Holdings. He's going to be off for the month of April, but he's been walking us through history. History of communism, the Soviet Union, Lenin, Stalin, even we rewound last week and did a little how the communists helped Hitler along. So, Boris, before we get going on on Khrushchev taking over and whatnot, I did want to pick your brain a little bit about somebody I've always found to be fascinating. Somebody most Americans don't even know exists, sadly. Zukov. I mean, if you're doing a best generals of World War II list, he's going to be at or near the top of everyone's list, I would assume, yet many people don't even know this guy exists. Who is he? Well, I wouldn't actually put him near the top of the list, but I'll get to that okay, near okay. the end of the second. Good. Um, for, for different reasons. Um, so he was uh, uh, the, the leading marshal of the Soviet Union during World War II. He was, at one point, the chief of staff of the Red Army, right on the eve of the German invasion in 1941. So you would think that by the rules of uh, who should be accountable and who should pay the price, for massive military blunders, you know, he should have already been on the scaffold and sent to the gulag for that screw-up, because, I mean, he was the one who had war-gamed every possible plan that the Germans might have to attack. He was convinced that, I mean, he pretty much had the plans for the German invasion, Operation Barbarossa, that was launched in June 1941 on his desk, as did Stalin, and yet the invasion went ahead, and of course the first six months of World War II uh, of the, what, on the Eastern Front for the Soviet Union was a complete disaster. Three million prisoners of war, the Germans Oof. coming to within 15 miles of Moscow, taking Kiev and uh, besieging Leningrad, and we know how disastrous it all was. The country nearly collapsed, so he was able to recover from that 
to then become Stalin's troubleshooter, effectively. He was sent to every major trouble spot, hot spot on the, along the front. He was uh, planning most of the major counteroffensives, the large operations that eventually uh, ch- moved, shifted the strategic initiative in favor of the Soviets and was decisive in bringing them ultimately to Berlin. So he was in charge of the counterattack at Moscow in 1941 in December. That was decisive. He was involved very closely in planning the counteroffensive and encirclement at Stalingrad, which was where Paulus and the Sixth Army and 250,000 German troops were encircled and destroyed. He was involved in planning the major battle at Kursk in July of 1943, which was the largest tank battle in history at that time. And uh, so he was he rose to prominence as Stalin's favorite marshal and go-to man, but someone who Stalin greatly feared politically and resented. And so he was made marshal earlier than some of his other peers. He was eventually given command of the first Belarusian front um, that was in charge of taking Berlin. And originally, Stalin had tasked him alone with taking Berlin. So Zhukov was already geared toward that, that this was going to be his shining moment, the climax of his career, really, and uh, really the uh, jewel in his crown. And at the last minute, Stalin decided to make it a race, and he gave Marshal Konev, who was the command of another Ukrainian, the first Ukrainian front, he gave him orders to move on Berlin from the south, so to see whether Zhukov or Konev can get to Berlin and capture it first, which resulted in needlessly high Soviet casualties. But that's the kind of game that Stalin liked to play with his marshals. Even though he had preferences, he never allowed any of them to kind of get ahead of themselves as far as he was concerned. And after the Second World War ended... Stalin did everything he could to keep Zhukov as far away from Moscow and the center of political activity as, he, as possible. So he sent him to some of these outlying military districts. He basically tried to get him out of the way. And uh, to kind of close that off, what emerged in throughout post-World War II Soviet history was known as the Zhukov factor, that various Soviet leaders, as they were engaged in power struggles and coming to power and sidelining rivals, would try to rehabilitate Zhukov or use Zhukov as some kind of an instrument, bring him back to Moscow to lend weight to their own side or position as they were trying to uh, angle their way to the top. And that was, as I said in the a couple of segments ago on Beria, it was Zhukov who personally arrested Beria, came in there, guns drawn, and uh, then he was brought back by, then Khrushchev also got rid of him when, when he consolidated power, then Brezhnev sort of rehabilitated him again. So this factor of Zhukov became a very prominent element uh, of the political fight of the wolves uh, in the Kremlin as time went on. Speaking with Boris Rifkin, our, our, our communist expert, communism expert, now I have always, militarily at least, I don't know much about him personally, but militarily I have always revered what Zhukov did, and you rebuffed me on that at the beginning of this. You're the expert. I'm not. Why are you down on Zhukov? Uh complete contempt for casualties um, and uh, really just total disregard for uh, not not numbers killed and wounded and just sacrificing his troops in not just wave whatever needed to be done to achieve the military objective without being smarter about doing it. So my preference for the best Soviet military commander was actually Rokossovsky, who was another very famous marshal who masterminded the great Soviet counteroffensive in Belarusia in uh, summer of 1944, for which he was actually made a marshal. 
He cared about his men. He didn't send them into suicidal attacks. He w- retreated when it meant it was the, when he felt it was the right thing to do to save his troops, to save his army. Uh, it was a known, let's say, kind of legend or saying in the Red Army that wherever Zhukov arrived and on the front, there would be an attack. And if you didn't come back dead, you came back wounded. And uh, Eisenhower, actually, when meeting Zhukov, the two of them developed a somewhat good working relationship, decent rapport uh, as the war went on, and certain, in particular after the war ended in 1945 and the, the, the early post-war years. Uh, Eisenhower was frankly flabbergasted, speaking with Zhukov about how he viewed casualties, just the complete disregard for losses, whatever needed to be done. And there was, it hasn't really been definitively proven that Zhukov said this, but this has been passed down almost like a legend uh, over the generations. Uh, that when Eisenhower, I think it was Eisenhower or Churchill, asked, you know, Zhukov about, you know, how can you really come to terms with the scale of Soviet military losses? Because total Soviet casualties were north of 20 million, uh, 13 million plus civilians and north of, you know, seven to eight million troops. And that's and the number will never be accurately known. And Zhukov basically said, don't worry about it. Uh, We'll just, you know. Uh, the women will bear more kids. You know, we'll we'll Ooh. we'll re- we'll replace those losses. Don't worry about. It. So this view of troops as complete cannon fodder, total contempt, and that was what uh, Zhukov held to that throughout his entire career, from the 1930s when he fought the Japanese through the end of World War II, and he never, you know, had any remorse about it. He never second guessed that approach, and I think looking back at whether he could have achieved what he achieved without such a high casualty rate and loss of life on the Soviet side, uh, I think is really problematic for his reputation. And again, I come back to what I started with about him being the chief of staff before the Germans invaded. They did invade, and it was a total disaster for the Red Army in 1941. So, you know, he was able to just pretend like collective amnesia that that never happened. Boris Rifkin, once again, we want to thank you for making us all smarter about communism. I know you're going to be gone for April. Please come back and see us when you're done with that. Keep us educated around here to history. Absolutely, Jesse. Thanks. Appreciate you, my brother. That dude is awesome. That dude is just awesome. What a wealth of knowledge. We're just going to keep bringing Boris back every Tuesday forever. (laughs) All right. I promised you some jaw-dropping audio. From Disney. Oh, it's way worse than what I already played you before. This is from Disney's corporate president. Are, are you ready for this? Buckle up, because I'm going to play it for you in just a second. And this, this actually is a great, great segue into this. Where do you spend your money? You buy things. I buy things. You spend your money on things. On destinations. On TV channels. On apparel. On, on your cell phone. Do you spend money on your cell phone? Where are you sending that money? Are you sending that money to Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile? They hate your freaking guts. They hate everything you stand for. They despise your country and your culture. Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big guys, and they actually like you and what you stand for and like this country. And the average family saves over $800 a year, and it takes less than 10 minutes to switch. And they have a deal. If you dial pound 
1-800-250-2250 and say Jesse Kelly from your cell phone, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Save some money. Support a company who actually supports you. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday. And listen, I'm going to get to this Disney stuff here in just a second. Remember this. Remember, you can email the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Once again, my buddy Christopher Rufo. He's always getting the inside scoop. We've been telling you endlessly about how bad Disney is, how bad they've been. They want the Florida law repealed. And then I played this for you earlier. Listen very closely. This is a Disney executive producer, LaToya Ravenow, talking about how she writes those shows your kids watch. I worked at small studios most of my career, and I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. But then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must have happened in the last, like, like they are turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid let's have these two characters kiss let's in the background like i was just wherever i could just basically adding queerness to like if you see anything queer in the show i'm proud of them but like i I just was like no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me (laughs) i just added queerness everywhere i could in your kids shows (laughs) i have disney's corporate president her name's carrie burke Would you like to hear from Disney's corporate president? It's a little bit long. Sit back and enjoy, and then contemplate that trip you have planned to Disney World this summer. I'm here as a mother of of two queer children, actually. Uh, One transgender child um, and one pansexual child. And that was the thing that really got me. I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple weeks. I feel a responsibility to speak um, not just for myself, but for them, to all of us. We, we had a we had an open forum last week at 20th where, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and, and yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just, just get to be characters and, and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye-opening for me. And I, I can tell you um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened, I as a leader and me as my colleagues would not have focused on. And, and going forward, um, 
I, I certainly will be more so. I know that we will be, and and I hope this is a moment where, shoot, um, the fifty percent of the tears, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> are coming. Uh, we don't. We just don't allow each other to go backwards. The corporate president of Disney is so excited because. You see, she has one child who's a transsexual and the others who's a pansexual. And I honestly don't even know what that word means. But she is so excited about the opportunity to put this stuff in Disney movies and push it on your child that it actually moves her to tears. By the end of this video, she's so excited about teaching your little Aiden to be a pansexual in the next Disney movie She's moved to tears. So again, I'm going to come all the way back to what I said at the beginning of the show. Do you think we've been aggressive enough purging this filth from our society? Or have we lived and let lived quite long enough? This has gone way too far. This has gotten way out of control. It is time to get much, much much more aggressive with these people. And I want you to understand something else because I had somebody email in and say, hey, Jesse, uh, uh, I'm a gay dude and I think all this stuff is crazy. Why are they doing it? You have to understand. It's not about the actual cause they tell you about ever. It's not about LGBTQ, whatever the weirdness is. It's not about marriage or equality or anything like that. It's all about destruction why would you be so adamant about pushing this stuff into tiny children impressionable tiny children why what kind of a monster would be so adamant about pushing that crap onto kids the kind who wants to shatter the american family you see the different brands of american communism have different roles the climate change nutters have their role they have a big one. They've got to completely dismantle our economy. The Black Lives Matter ones, they have their role. They must divide our society along racial lines so we're all tearing at each other. The LGBTQ Air Force, they have an important role, a critical role, maybe the most important role. Their role is the destruction of the American family unit because once the American family unit has been completely decimated and destroyed, there is no America left. I don't care about the latest tax policy or border policy or anything else. Without the American family unit, there is no America. Those are the cells that make up the American body. Remember that. Remember something else, too. I, for I forgot to mention this earlier in the show, and I meant to mention this when I was bringing up Biden's budget. We just have other bigger fish to fry today. When I was bringing up Biden's budget and all the spending and, and all this out-of-control stuff, I didn't even mention Oxford Gold Group to you, and I really, really should have. That, that's my fault. Whenever I try to bring up these things, I want to make sure I'm trying to give people solutions. And there is no perfect solution. I, I can't save the dollar. You can't save the dollar. But we can only do what we can do. We can make sure we are at least somewhat backstopped against these nutballs spending us into, I mean, irrelevancy. Call Oxford Gold Group. They will deliver gold to your front door. Not fake gold, not a piece of paper, not an email, not an assurance. We've, we've got some gold for you somewhere. No, no, no. They will, they will send it right to your front door. You need that right now more than ever. We all do. 
Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. All right. Now, look, I'm going to hit this Disney stuff again because it's such a big deal and it's so indicative of where we are as a society that I realize I don't take many phone calls. I don't have many guests. Tonight we had one on. I haven't taken calls in like a week. I'm actually going to open up the phone lines tonight. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. We're going to hit this Disney stuff again. I'll get to calls, emails, and we have to talk a little bit more about the anti-lynching bill. Gosh. Hang on. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.